Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord and Heavenly Father, we praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord, for giving us, Lord, hope through the song, Father God. Hope, Father God, that there is going to be deliverance, Lord. There is going to be victory, Father God. Lord, this is, Lord, such a great hope, Lord, giving to us, Lord, through this psalm, Father God, that our sure way to be delivered, Lord, from the evil, Lord, is from you alone, Father God. When we call out to you, Lord, for help and strength, Father God, there is deliverance for us, Lord, and that is guaranteed for us, Father God. How, Lord, when we call out to you, Lord, as a victim, Lord, you, the God of victory, Lord, gives us victory, Father God. And thank you, Lord, for giving us this psalm, Father God, to see through David's life, Father, that who you are for us, Lord, the same God that was for David is the same God for us. Lord, I pray, Father God, as we open this session, Father God, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit presence here, Lord, and you will make us to know who this rock is, Lord, who this fortress is, Father God, who this deliverer is for us, Lord, who this refuge is for us, Lord, and who this shield is, Lord, and who is the horn of salvation for us, for us Father, and who is our stronghold, Father God. Help us, Lord, to recall, Father God, who you are, Lord. Thank you again, Lord, for this beautiful psalm that you have given us, Lord, this week for us to meditate, Father. And I pray that you will imprint in our hearts and mind what you want us to learn through this, Lord. I pray all of this, Lord, in your son Jesus' name. name amen. I love the first verse, how David starts. He says, Lord, how I love you, for you have done such tremendous things for me. So David's first word in the Psalms are, Lord, how I love you. You cannot say love you to someone whom you don't know or with whom you, you are acquainted with. You can say only to the people whom you deeply love and who are very close with you. In verse 2 to 3, notice how many times David uses the word my in, this, in, in these verses. David goes on to call, uh, to, uh, goes on to call the Lord my strength my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Obviously, David thinks of God as being strong, but also his protector. And what David is emphasizing here is his, his personal, personal relationship with God. He's not saying that God is somebody's tower, somebody's rock, somebody's mountain, somebody's safety, somebody's salvation. No, he's saying he is my rock, my fortress my strength, my salvation. Yeah. And what David is emphasizing here is that about the personal relationship he has with God. To David, God was not someone very far off, sitting way up in heaven. He's a God who is involved 24-7 with his children. And we are all so grateful and thankful for the personal relationship that we have with the one true God, the creator of the universe, the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords, are we not thankful that God reached down from his heavenly throne and has given us an opportunity to have a personal relationship with him? Our God is not a God who is far off, but he walks with us. He takes care of us and he carries us. He strengthens us. He guides us. And on top of everything, he has given us the great comfort and the Holy Spirit to live within us. And that is the great encouragement he has given us. And by having this personal relationship with him, we can call him my rock, my redeemer, my salvation, my king and my Lord. And this is a great encouragement for any one of you who don't know God, 
who don't know Christ, who don't know him, who don't know, don't have this personal relationship like David had with his God, so that you can also call out to him, my rock, my deliverer, my strength, my fortress, my horn, my shield, my salvation. This is a great psalm that encourages us to have that kind of a relationship with God so that we can taste him in a, such a personal way. The encouragement and takeaway for us from these verses are as long as we choose to stand on our rock on Jesus, our enemy, and even our circumstances are not able to reach us and cause us any real harm. It will come near us, but it cannot cause any real harm to us. Our God is a barrier between us and the world, a barrier that cannot be broken. That is what God was for David, and that is what God is for us when we have that personal relationship with him. And then he goes on to say in Psalm, in verse 4 to 19, he says of his deliverance that the Lord provided for him. David goes on to tell in a very picturesque language how God provided deliverance for him. It is important to note that in the examples that David mentions, he indicates that he had difficult times too, same like us. You might be going through something, but this is a great reminder that David, who praised God as his mighty rock, his mighty fortress, his salvation, his strong tower, the same David had difficulties, same like us. He says in this verses 4 to 19, the cords of death entangle me, the torrents of destruction overwhelm me, the cords of the grave coiled around me, the snares of death confronted me. But then David indica indicates that he called to the Lord for help. He was facing death right in front of his eyes. And his cry for help did not go unheeded because God heard his cry and God came. And aren't you thankful that your God gets angry when the enemy messes with you? That our God gets angry when the enemy tries to mess us up, mess his children up. And that is the great privilege of having a great relationship, that personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of all, that when the enemy messes with you, he gets angry because the enemy is touching the apple of God's own eyes. Then he, that what does God does for his children? That is what David has stated here, that he mounts his cherubim to come to your rescue. And that is so powerful that he simply reaches down and pulls you up out of the stormy waves when you call to him, blowing away your enemy and circumstances with the breath of his nostrils. Has God ever done that for you? Reached down with his mighty hands and pulled you out of the stormy waves of life. And aren't you thankful that your God is your deliverer? that your mighty rock is your deliverer, even though the waves, the stormy waves came near you, but nothing could harm you because you were standing on the rock, the mighty rock of Jesus Christ, because you had that personal relationship with him, you because you had that one-on-one -on -one relationship with him, because you accepted him as your Lord and Savior by confessing your sins, by, by acknowledging him as your Lord and Savior and inviting you, inviting him into your life. You got the great privilege to say, to taste and see, because when the enemy touched you, your God came to rescue you.
David was moved from victim to victor because God stepped in into his battlefield. What do we need for God to step into our battlefield? In verse 6, David says, In my distress, I screamed to the Lord for his help, and he heard me from heaven. My cry reached his ears. If you want God to step into your battlefield, David says that in his distress, he screamed to the Lord for his help. He didn't go to anybody. He did not go to any substitute. He did not go to any idols. He did not go to any replacement. He did not trust in his own strength. He did not depend in his own might. But he screamed to the Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of all for his help. And this God came through. And his God stepped into his battlefield. The King of kings and the Lord of all stepped into his battlefield. Why? Because David said that here on I belong to you, Lord. Because David had that personal relationship with, the, with his own creator. Because he had that relationship with the King of Kings and we too can have that relationship when we accept his sacrifice on the cross, when we accept that he is our King, he is our Savior and he is my Master, he is my Lord, he is my all in all. When you accept the sacrifice Christ did for you on the cross, on Calvary, and when you cry out to him, he will not turn from you to your left or to the right. He will step in into your battlefield. All of David's enemy, we don't know who all was his enemies, might be Saul, might be sin, might be Satan himself. When he's writing the Psalm from 4 to 19, he says, he's quoting that all his enemies, what all they did to him. So we don't know who all that was. But all of David's enemies, when he cried to God in his distress, when he screamed to the Lord for help, felt the weight of David's prayer. And in the same way, when you cry, cry to your God, when you scream to him in your distress, when you scream to you, him in your hopeless situation, when you are facing death right in front of your eyes, when you are facing darkness right in front of your eyes, and when you are facing the enemy right in front of your eyes, and when you scream to him, because you have the relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of all, your prayers, the weight of your prayers will be felt. The enemy will scream and run away from you because that's what David's prayer did to his enemies. The Queen of Scotland prefers that she was more afraid of the prayers of John Knox than of an army of 10,000 men. I'm going to repeat that. That is really challenging me today. The Queen of Scotland prefers that she was more afraid of the prayers of John Knox than of an army of 10,000 men. This is the same John Knox in Psalm 9 we studied. We saw who cried to the Lord, give me Scotland or I die. The challenge for us is, is our prayer that fervent? Is our prayer with that burden? Does our prayer carry any weight that our enemy will feel the weight of our prayer? So the question for you is, who is scared because you are on your knees? Who is feeling the weight of your prayer? Is your prayer carrying any weight at all? If not, it is time for your prayer to carry weights. It is time for you to be praying fervently 
it is time for you to pray without ceasing it is time for you to pray unceasingly it is a time for you to pray honestly seeking the face of your god who hears seeking the face of the god who steps into your battlefield i'm telling you group no one is going to come to you except the christ who poured everything on the cross for you and me the christ who defeated the enemy on the cross he alone will step into the battlefield for you and for me no idols are going to come no replacements are going to come only the mighty savior will come to rescue you only the mighty savior will step into your battlefield so again the queen of scotland prefers that she was more afraid of the prayers of john knox than of an army of 10000 men do you really value prayers or is your prayer time giving ear to two different places is your prayer time divided do you spend that time of that that type of prayer before your savior that when you are on your knees the enemy trembles is your prayer that powerful is does your prayer carry any weight because david prayer did he screamed to his king he screamed to his savior and who showed up not 10000 armies the god of heaven's army stepped into his battlefield and he goes on to say in verse 20 to 21 about the faithfulness of his god David lived a full life. He had been a shepherd. He had been a warrior. He had been a leader. He had been a leader of armies, and he became a king. From all his experience, experiences throughout his long life, he was able to look back and say, "I have kept the ways of the Lord." Here comes an another challenge for us. Now, to be honest, we all wonder how David could say this. but he certainly had some moral failures and david sins are all well known and well documented in the bible but how can he say that i have kept the ways of the lord so how is david able to look back and say i have kept the ways of the lord i have kept myself from sin and what we know of david is that he repented and when what we know about god is that he forgives if you feel that god will not forgive you i want to assure you that when you look to the cross and cry out to him and repent he is a god who forgives you mightily and he is a god who will not leave you alone he will have you will have a one on one relationship with him and he will step into your battlefield david was never content to be away from the lord he would quickly recognize a sinful condition or a prophet would point it out and he would repent repent like no other man and in these verses verses 22 29 he is not advertising here about his righteousness but it was a genuine relationship with the holy god in verse 24 he says this god knows for he watches my every step look group look at that verse 24 how confident he is that he says that my god knows this that i am living a pure life before he is watching my every step again he is not advertising come look at me 
Advertisers like to have the claim that their products are 100% pure. They know that consumers admire the products of purity. We don't like manufactured additives or preservatives in our products. We want it pure and natural, nothing artificial. And when we shop, we are all so careful to read the labels to find out if there is any preservatives added. And verse 20 to 24 calls us to read the label of our heart, to read the fine prints. There are some chemicals mentioned in the label. There are some fine prints in our label that we don't even know what that is. And this is our time to check out the impure things in our heart. This is our time to check out the fine prints in the label of our heart. So that we can also say, my God is alive and he knows my every step, that I am pure, I am blameless, I am right before his sight, this he knows. David lived a life that honored God. He was devoted to all that God commanded. David was pure, clean, refrained from evil, blameless, righteous. He did not claim to be perfect, but devoted to God. I don't want to put a load upon you group, but I just want you to remember, we cannot be perfect. And he never claimed to be perfect, but he purely showed his devotion to God. And that is a great lesson for us. Because of his devotions to God, he attained to live a pure life. He attained to live a clean life. He attained to refrain from evil. He attained to live a blameless and a righteous life. Therefore, his reward for the Lord was that God stepped into his battlefield. David is so confident about the purity of his heart. How can we press on to have a pure heart like David? John Piper writes, Jesus did not come into this world simply because we had some bad habits that needed to be broken. He came into this world because we have dirty habits that need to be purified. I'm going to repeat that. Jesus did not come into this world simply because we had some bad habits that need to be broken. He came into this world because we have dirty habits that need to be purified. Water can make, make you clean, but not until you apply it in either bathtub or the shower. In the same way, the word of God can purify your heart, but you have got to take a bath daily in the water of the word. You have to come to the cross for repentance. You have to come to the cross for forgiveness. You have to cry, come and cry out for the precious blood of the lamb to cleanse you. Then only you can be purified. Not if you shovel your uncleanness, not if you shovel your dirty thoughts, your defiled motives, your pride, your ego underneath the rug. You cannot be purified. Warren Busby says, the highest joy of man comes from cultivating the deepest part of man, the heart. When the heart is pure, then the vision is clear and a man will see God. That is what David did. And 2 Peter 3.14 says, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. Make every effort. So this means I make a choice each day not to be corrupted by the world's thinking that I seek continually to obey God's word for my life and that I have a single purpose in honoring my God with my life, honoring my God with what I do. I'm not talking of doing this out of some kind of obligation, but I'm doing it from my heart, a heart that is devoted to a holy God. 
and that is what david did when he says my god knows me because david pursued after purity of his heart we can also live that life no higher compliment can be compliment can be paid to a christian than to call him a godly person here david is not again advertising look at me i am a godly person no being pure in heart is not easy satan is out for you to be pulled away from god however the more firm you are in jesus christ the easier it will be to escape sin and the temptation to sin we need to have this attitude of allowing god to reveal reveal anything in us that needs removing so we can be pure that is what david did nothing more he allowed god in his life to reveal anything in him needs remove, removing so that he can be pure we need god to reveal the deep impurities of our heart so that they can be brought to the surface once those impurities are exposed and brought to the surface then they can be cleared away leaving behind only what is 100% pure we need to exam examine and test ourselves lamentation 340 says let us examine our ways and let us repent to the lord when i am willing to examine and test my motives desires words and actions i am someone who wants to be pure when i am someone who is consistently keeping myself in check that shows that i am serious about being pure before my holy god i am showing that i want to be 100% pure it is not advertising to others about our righteousness but to be confident as a christian and to be like david this my god knows that is what he says in verse 24 david chose to believe that if god has anointed him king then god was able to make him king without him compromising his faith so what if he would have to wait a little, little longer in that miserable desert because god has already promised him to be to make him the king and he he decided one thing that he is not going to compromise his faith anywhere his integrity in his relationship to god would still be there how much is more your integrity in your relationship to god really worth today just a little bit just a little bit more a lot more a whole lot more how much is our integrity today in our relationship to god our integrity to our god is demonstrated in the way we deal with our everyday affairs you know when i was writing the intro from verse 20 to uh, 25 was a big challenge for me i was up till 4 o'clock just meditating on those four lines and that was such a challenging verse which made me to look within me which made me to look within the within me the label the fine print of my heart i like verse 29 it says with your help i can advance against a troop with my god i can scale a wall this is for this is for us also that we can advance against a troop and with our god we can scale a wall this is david's way of saying that when the situation was grim when the difficulty seemed like a mountain before him when the way seemed impossible with god's help he could run through a whole troop david said that god was his strength 
if we are depending on ourselves, we will be like the 10 men who went to spy out the land of Canaan. And when they saw the giant, they said, we can do it for, we are just a grasshoppers in their side. When we trust in our strength, we will be like grasshoppers. Grasshoppers never win any battles in life. So who do you want to be? It is our choice. And whose strength will be? Are you going to stand? Whose strength am I going to stand? It is our choice whether we want to remain a grasshopper or a giant for God like John Knox. David goes on to say from verse 30 to 45 that the power of all the, because he achieved all these things because God's power was behind it. David's list of accomplishments are pretty incredible. When he was a boy, he fought off lions from his father's sheep. He defeated Goliath. He defeated armies that were larger and better armed than his. The key thing to note in Psalm 18 is David did not leave any room for arrogance. But David acknowledges that it all came from God alone. He says, it is God who arms me with strength. He makes my way perfect. He makes my feet sure-footed like the deer. He gives me strength for my arms. He gives me protection like my, like my shield. He guides me and directs me to keep me from falling. He is the one who made me what I am. David is saying that without God, I am nobody. He's saying without God, I would be nothing. So what about you? Who are you with God and who are you without God? I want to encourage group today. If anybody didn't know the Lord Jesus have not accepted Christ as his personal savior, as, his, as your personal Lord and savior, I encourage you to, today to have that relationship with him so that you can also experience the same what David experienced. David lifts his voice in praise to the Lord from, in, from verse 46 to 50. Finally, David concludes the psalm with beautiful summary of praise for God. In no place, David expressed anything but praise and adoration for God alone. He never takes personal credit and he says, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name after remembering everything God has done, after remembering all the times that God has delivered him, after remembering all the time that God intervened with strength and power. After remembering all the time that God strengthened him for the battle, he says in verse 46, God is alive. Praise him who is the great rock of protection. And today I'm speaking to someone who doesn't know Christ, who was not accepted as your Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you today to accept him as your Lord and Savior because he is the only God who is alive. There is no one who is alive except him. And he will be a rock of protection. He will step into your battlefield, no matter how big that will be. The one who has made all this possible for David and the same mighty God is with us today. David had to learn not only how to handle success as God prepared him to become king. He also had to learn how to handle defeat as God continued to prepare him for being king. Do you realize? Wherever God is leading you in your life, you have to know how to handle success and disappointments. 
because we saw in Psalm 4 and Psalm 9, he was talking about his disappointments. And today we see the same David proclaiming his victory. In your disappointments, do not turn your back from God, nor doubt his power and goodness. Let not your success replace humility. To summarize in one sentence, Psalm 18 is, I am what I am and who I am by the grace of God alone. No addition, no subtraction. Don't ever get so high and mighty that you can't remember where God brought you from and what he is taking you through to get you where you are now. And I want to assure you again, he is the God who will step into your battlefield. He is the rock. He is the fortress. He is your mighty savior. He is your stronghold and he is the horn of your salvation. He will never leave you nor forsake you. It might feel like that, but he will not. The same God that came through for David, the same God will come through for you and he will step into your battlefield. You might feel the cords of de deaths are entangling you. You might feel the torrents of destructions overwhelming you. You might feel the cords of gray coiled around you. You might feel the snares of death confronting you right now. But I want to assure you that you, when you scream to the God, when you cry to the God with fervently, earnestly in your prayers, when your prayer carries weight, he will step into your battlefield. And that is what we have for tonight. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you, Father God, for you are such a mighty God for us, Lord, a mighty rock, Lord, a mighty strength, Lord, a mighty fortress, our deliverer, our refuge, our shield, our horn of salvation, our stronghold, a God who comes to rescue us when we cry out to you, Father. Lord, what a great privilege you have given us, Lord, when the cords of death entangle us, when the torrents of destruction overwhelm us, when the cords of the grave coil around us, when the snares of death confront us, and when we are fighting against the demons and the darkness of hell, you promise us, Lord, that you will step in. And what a challenge you have set before us, Father God. Is our prayer carrying any weight? Or is our prayer just up in the air, flying here and there? Is our prayer carrying any weight like John Knox that the Queen of Scotland was fearing his prayer? Then the 10,000 army she is going to face. Lord, I pray, Father, make us, Lord, to be warriors in prayer. Lord, this group is about prayer, Lord. Lord, I pray you empower us, you energize us, you anoint us, Father God, to get into that level of prayer, Father, where, Lord, our prayer will, will have weightage, Father God. Lord, make us to live that kind of a life, Father God, like David, Lord, pursuing after righteousness, pursuing after purity, pursuing, Lord, to live a pure life, Father God, that we will, Lord, look into that fine labels, Lord, in our hearts. Every single day, Father, and we will come to the Calvary, Lord, to be washed and be cleansed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Lord, help us, Lord, to allow you, Lord, to look within ourselves, Lord, to allow the Holy Spirit to look within ourselves. Where is that corruptive thought? Where is that lustful thought? Where is that thought that is defiling me? 
Where is the desire that is defiling me? What is the desire that is pulling me down into the pit? Help us, Lord, to look within, Father God. And help us, Lord, to long for the pure life, Father God. A life without any chemicals, a life without any preservatives, a life without any additives. Lord, I pray, Father, anoint us, Father God, to be people who pray. Anoint us, Father God, to be a people, Lord, whose prayer will carry weightage, Lord, before the evil, Lord. Will carry weightage when the death is entangling us, when destruction is overwhelming us, when the grave is coiling around us. And when the snares of death is confronting right in front of us, Lord. I pray, Father, make our prayers, Lord, to carry weight, Father God. And give us the courage, same like David, Lord, to scream to you, to cry out to you earnestly, fervently, diligently. And not to give up hope, Father. Help us, Lord, to hold on to you and to cling on to you. So that, Lord, we can also proclaim like David, Lord, that my God made me to scale walls. My God made me to run through the troops. My God taught me how to fight. I praise you, Father. And we worship you, Father God, for your love towards us, Lord, for your faithfulness towards us, Father. Empower us, Father God, to live as your children, Lord. Help us, Lord, to live, Lord, a victorious life in this world, Lord, not as a victim, Father God. Help us, Lord, to raise above our circumstances, Father God, and to live a victorious life because we belong to the God of victory. And Lord, tonight, whoever that was, Lord, who need to come into that personal relationship with you, Lord, who can call you my, my Lord, who can call you my Savior, who can call you my Master, who can call you my King, who can call you my Rock, my Fortress, my Deliverer, my Shield, my Horn of Salvation. I pray, Father God, that they will come to you tonight and accept you as, your, as their Lord and Savior, Lord. They will accept you, your sacrifice on the cross, Father. Give them the humility, Father, to come to you, Lord, and submit their life to you, Lord. I submit, Lord, all these prayers into your hands, and I pray, make us, Lord, to pray like David. Make us, Lord, to pray like John Knox. Anoint us, Lord, to get into that prayer life, Father. And I surrender, Lord, our next level group into your hands, Father, and I pray for your protection and your leading. And I pray, Lord, for Carolyn as she has prepared the psalm, Father. I pray for your blessing. And I pray, Lord, for all the people that are serving next level, Lord, that you will bless them. And all the group members, you will bless them, Lord, with your anointing, Lord, with a gift of prayer that our prayer will, will, will have weightage. I pray all of this, Lord. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, in your mighty name I pray. Amen.